And I'm now live on Podomatic. Thanks for joining me, everyone. And let me go live on all of my streams. Here we go. And let me not forget the Skype because I have a an ability here to take calls live on the program. You're welcome to call in. Uh, let me give out the number, the numbre here. That would be 508-928-5255, 508-928-5255. You can call in live, or you can send me a uh, text through through TikTok or through uh, the uh, Rumble station, which is sort of the, um, the flagship station of the show, specifically since on YouTube. Let me just... Um, Live on. Uh, it might take a minute to be live on Rumble, but I think we will be. Um, I'm going to check all of my streams and make sure I am running live. Just like I am quite yet on Rumble, but I think we'll get there. Let me see. Are we live on? We're live on. Thank you very much, Getter. And we're live on Podomatic. How about Rockfin? Rockfin. Are we live on Rockfin? Yes, I believe we are. Thank you, Rockfin. Welcome to the program. We are live on Rockfin. There we go. Let me just see. Are we or oh, yes? Thank you very much, Rockfin. Wow. I don't know what the rule is with uh, uh you know, it says that it is live and it says I have what people want. I don't see any evidence <laughs> that I actually have gone live. There it is. Yes. So here we go. You're welcome to chat with me on Rumble, which is the flagship station. I see people are joining on TikTok. Uh, you know, I just uh, when I got up this morning, I listened to um, I listened to Owen Benjamin, who I think uh, while I, I've had disagreements with him in the past, I have to acknowledge that he's a brilliant talk show host, a great comedian. And he mentioned that he's been removed from YouTube. His live stream has been shut down over really what can only be described as an excuse. And that is a troubling development. I think that that, along with other things that I've been hearing out in the business, indicate to me that the censorship is going to get worse, especially as we move toward the election. They do not want to see Donald J. Trump elected. These people mean business. They are going to do whatever they need to do, including, God forbid, a world war, which I feel we're on the brink of, or the JFK solution, if you get my drift. Now, I want to be careful here because we are live on TikTok, and recently TikTok restored my old station which had about 15,000 followers, I went live on that station and it was canceled. So I'm back to my third TikTok station, which is a little bit less than that, quite a bit less than that. So it's about eight or 900 followers. But, you know, I'm doing what I can do. I mean, look, my goal here is, is simple and it's modest, actually. By the way, let me move... <laughs> my book <laughs> into view because after all, 
there. Can you see it? No. Okay, I'll have to hold it up. Um, it's um, this is my new book, which is just out. Let me just get that up there. Yeah, there we go. The anti-Semitic imagination. Yeah, there it is. You can see it on TikTok. Um, you can somewhat see it through my new lens on um, Rumble. Um, my goal was to do a, a good, solid, old-fashioned radio program, except do it online, um, and where I can take calls, I can get comments, uh, people could get used to seeing me here and hearing me, and we can form a community where we can all communicate, we can all share ideas, we can all crack a few jokes, and we can develop an online experience, very similar to the type of experience that I used to have as a radio talk show host in Greater Boston, where I was on various small stations. The problem with that was that, uh, you know, for various reasons, it's a very tough business. It's a cutthroat business, actually. And, uh, you know, you get taken down for a lot of reasons. I mean, and I'm not uh, here to whine about that. That's just how it goes. Um, and uh, But the result is that my hope is that by doing it here on my own platform, in my own way, I won't be taken down as easily. Although, unfortunately, you know, ultimately they do have control of the algorithm. They've got control of the streams. And so, therefore, this is why I'm trying to be on multiple streams, so that if one is taken away, the other one can, can function. And I'm, in fact, trying to get information and gather other streams <clears throat> that I can go live on so that I can simultaneously broadcast on multiple streams, like I'm doing right now. In fact, right now, I am simultaneously broadcasting on Rumble, my Facebook page, two Facebook pages, Twitch, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter X, Getter, Rockfin, and Podomatic. Uh, and there might even be one or two others because I've linked up this chain of live streams. And uh, my goal is to basically build this experience through all of the various live streams simultaneously while offering to um, you know a venue where people can send me in texts and also uh, they can call in. You know, I can take calls here, 508-928-5255. If you'd like to call the show, you will be heard, 508-928-5255. Now, I understand that in order to have consistency, I need to commit to a specific time every day. Right now, I'm not really re ready to do that. Try out our new AI helper? No, I don't think I want to do that. <laughs> not because I have something against AI, but I just don't understand it right now, and it's it's kind of, I suppose, a learning curve. Um, right now, I'm, I'm kind of doing that old-fashioned. I'm not a tech guy, so I don't really understand the nuance of that. But um, And I think we have to be careful with AI. 
only because it could be faked. And um, anyways, I'm just here mainly right now to try out my live streams, make sure they're all functioning. I've got a lot of guests coming up uh, this week. Not a lot, but I've got some. I have the legendary podcaster Mel Kay coming on. She's doing one hell of a podcast where she's getting into the real issues. Like, let's just put it this way, because I'm on TikTok. What happened on the 1st of November, 2020? Shall we leave it at that? Think about it. We know what happened on that day. And we know that things didn't quite go the way they were supposed to go, the way they literally went. All right? I want to be careful here because I don't want to get kicked off TikTok. Maybe uh, I might make a decision going forward to just not turn TikTok on. And uh, then I can talk about this all I want. But right now, because I'm on TikTok, I want to be careful. So what I'm talking about is the events of the last election of 2020. That is a topic that I have covered extensively and almost daily ever since then. And I think that is, is an event that is definitely shaping the way things are developing now in this election and will shape the election. God forbid anything happens. But I think that barring unforeseen events, as I said, like God forbid a world war or God forbid the JFK solution, I do believe that President Donald J. Trump will be serving another term, and it's going to be glorious. It's going to be unbelievable just to watch the faces of these, these miserable, satanic figures who run our media and who are trying to take Trump out. You know, will be worth the price of everything. It, it's, it, it'll be like a glorious and great day and a great moment. Um, they are throwing everything they can at Trump, and they're not done. You know, short of, God forbid, the JFK solution. And uh, by the way, Alex Soros, the son of that 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 shadowy billion, Hungarian billionaire, uh, issued a tweet that indicated some things that looked like there's some pretty bad stuff that they're planning for Trump. Let's just put it that way. Uh, they want to just they want to stop him and his family from conducting business in New York. They've they've thrown eighty five million dollar lawsuit against him simply for expressing his opinions on someone who's accused him of something. That is something that is really troubling. It's 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 the kind of stuff that could only happen in a Nazi like regime. I'll just express it that way. You know, somebody can just come along and make an accusation, caught in several lies, you know, something that, that she alleges happened decades ago, but she can't remember the year. She won't name the year or the date because they know they can look that up and find out where Trump was, and that could throw the whole thing out. So they're very vague. And then she she gets all this publicity. She writes a book. She makes money. She appears on the cover of a leftist magazine wearing a certain outfit, which she says she was purchasing the day that Trump attacked her. 
They find out that that outfit wasn't in existence at that time, so she changes the date, and the judge ignores that. This partisan judge, this, this who, who just hates Trump, this derangement, this irrational hatred, and this jury as well, it really shakes my faith in the jury system. It really does. I mean, how people could do this. Yeah, I suppose that that shaking of the faith for me really started with the O.J. Simpson trial years ago when you had a, a political decision that had nothing to do with whether or not the the accused was guilty of the crime. And uh, and even now recently, this woman who made the accusation um, apparently tweeted um, Tara Reid, who actually has genuine accusations, uh, which she has lodged against President Joe Biden when he was in the Senate, along with other women who have been suppressed. She's been frightened out of the country. I mean, the Trump, the, the Biden people drove her to, she ended up in Russia. They drove her out of the country in advance of her being called for testimony before Congress. And her testimony against Biden is horrendous. I mean, it's really an attack. Uh, claiming to do things to her that actually turned up in the trial against Trump, you know. Uh, but, uh, you, you know, apparently she tweeted uh, to um, to this woman who's accused Trump. And the woman sent her back a note saying that she had stood up against the uh, nomination of Brett Kavanaugh and the crazy accusations made against him simply as a way to try to stop him from, either, if even if he got on the court, making any, rendering any decisions or votes on the Roe versus Wade decision. Now, Regardless of what you think of that decision, the fact is that you don't, is it right to accuse a man of, of crimes simply because you don't like his politics and it has nothing to do with the reality? But it does seem that that's what this country has come to, and it's pretty bad. It's pretty ugly. And um, it's, it's kind of more than implied, but it's openly a situation where we now have judges and we have juries and we have people who don't care about using our institutions as a means to get at their political opponents. A lot of these people, I have no idea why they hate Trump. They've just been sucked into this massive, I would argue, international-oriented media campaign against Trump that is real and that is conscious. But they've, got, they've gotten sucked into it. And, um, you know, it, it's a massive... PSYOP. It's a massive psychological conditioning program. I think that since the Nazis learned how to engage in psychological conditioning on a mass level, those lessons were furthered and were learned and were advanced by the, by the United States, the CIA, MKUltra, which was codified into the establishment openly, even though it's a secret society in 1948 with the signing of the National Security Act, with the British Tavistock Institute, and with the Soviet Polytechnic Institute, among others, they have done and they are engaging in massive international propaganda campaigns that are designed scientifically to stimulate peoples and to 
alter people's perceptions and people's minds. So we now have a situation where we have the masses, as it were, going around and repeating things that they have no idea what the hell they're talking about, and they don't know that they don't know. They're almost unconscious. And uh, the result is that they have used this massive apparatus on an international basis, one that is the, the essentially the footprint of this international establishment that has grown and that was described, by the way, and I know that um, this does not make me popular in circles of my own ethnic people and my own religious people, the Jews, in the book called The Protocols of the Elders of Zion, which is, it's an anti-Semitic forgery in that it has nothing to do with the Jews. It has nothing to do with Judaism. It has to do with this international order and how they plan to uh, take over the world and then rule the world. It's a fascinating book, and I cover it extensively in my own book, which is called The Anti-Semitic Imagination. That has just been published. I'm going to hold that up for the for the reader, for the viewer. I don't think you can see it on. You can't see it on my new uh, <laughs> my new screen, but it's available at Amazon and at Barnes and Noble. It's called the Anti-Semitic Imagination. Um, by the way, I was just interviewed by Zev Brenner. Oh, I guess you can see it. There it is. You can see a little bit. I'm sorry about that. It's it's kind of a funky thing, a little bit this background, but I like it. I'm I'm working with it for now. And um, he interviewed me. He was nice enough to interview me. I don't think he was too happy with me at the end because of some of these assertions. But nevertheless, it's available on YouTube. You can check out the interview. Just put in Charles Moskowitz and Zev Brenner from Talkline Live. And you'll see the interview that I did with him, that he did with me. I also have tomorrow an interview with Michael Tessarian and David Whitehead from Unslaved Podcast. They're very good guys. I mean, they're very deep. They go into a good, in-depth analysis. And I'm looking forward to that. That's available on their website, unslaved.com. And yeah, we'll see what happens. I've got some other interviews coming up. Um, I'm not going to make people happy in the establishment with this book, especially my fellow Jews. Even though the point I'm making with regard to my analysis of the Protocols of the Elders of Zion is that not only is it not Jewish and it's not written by Jews and it's not about Judaism, but that Whoever wrote it, however it came about, it was written as a way to deflect attention away from this international establishment by focusing it on the Jews as the shiny object. It's very easy to blame the Jews for whatever it is that you're involved in. And I think at the time of its publication in the early 20th century, the international establishment, the Anglo-American establishment, actually, was becoming more revealed to more people in the world. And by doing publishing this book, it was sort of what you might call 
a limited hangout. It was a chance to basically air the dirty laundry publicly, but put it in a context that creates a scapegoat, that being the Jews. And so therefore, you shouldn't pay any attention to it. And as soon as it was published, it was banned. Now, Ziv Brenner accurately noted that it's today published in the Arab countries, and it is a major document used by anti-Semites, and it is, and that's a problem. What I would say to them is that they have to look away from the word Jew and the word Goyim, which pervades the book, and instead look at the fact that this is the international elite that are ascribing toward world control, that not that it matters that it's predominantly not Jewish, it's actually predominantly white and white supremacist, I may add, that they have Jewish allies, they've got black allies, they've got allies from countries around the world, and many of whom are at high levels of it, but that at the end of the day, it's not interested in ethnic background or race, it's anti-religion, and it's a conspiracy that can go be traced back many centuries, if not to the beginning of time. This idea that a small clique of men who claim to have godlike knowledge and cosmic consciousness have some kind of a, a divine right to rule the world and in the process to overthrow God in heaven. It is anti-Jewish. It is anti-Christian. It is anti-American. You know, some people have told me that, well, the United States was founded by the same world order, and they point to things like the Great Seal of the United States, which has a lot of occultic elements to it. By the way, I get into that in my book. You can check it out, The Anti-Semitic Imagination. And, um, and that, you know, there's a Masonic element to the founding of the Republic. The, the city of Washington, D.C. Was, was essentially created on Masonic lines. What I would say to that is, yes, that there is probably or possibly a, a bit of truth to that. But nevertheless, I believe that our founding generation were patriotic. I believe that our founding fathers were patriotic. But even if they were not, and even if they were a part of this world order, the fact is that they unleashed a system. Maybe they didn't mean to unleash it. These things can happen by accident sometimes. These people don't have the kind of control that they think they have, nor do they have that kind of control anyway because they run against human nature because they unleashed a system of government and a system that reflects how we view ourselves that is the antithesis of world control. It's the idea that is codified in Thomas Jefferson's Declaration of Independence, and that is that we, we derive our rights, our natural rights, from the Creator. Now, he didn't say God. He didn't say Jesus. He didn't name the God. Instead, he used the word the Creator so that we wouldn't get into a, a, a sectarian argument. It's just the creator of the universe, the giver of the law. Um, you know, the God of it, I would say he was talking about the God of Israel. Either way, it's essentially the concept which is in the Torah, 
which Christians call the Old Testament, which is that the rights of man come from God, the creator, and not from the man-made state. His declaration of independence and the system of government that emanated from that, which eventually evolved into a constitution after the Articles of Confederation needed some tinkering, have created a system that not only by which not only we have governed ourselves more exactly than at, at any time in human history, but it created a system by which powers, earthly powers, which are corrupted, would be divided into various political silos that would check and balance each other and would compete with each other, thus leaving none of that power to govern too much of it into the hands of any one group. Now, that has also reflected our lives because that reflects nature. We all deal with balance. We have balance in our own lives because we're infallible, we're fallible, I should say. And so we have to balance our lives with this short lifespan and with nature. We have to balance our lives in our family with the interests of other members of our family, our spouses, our our children, our siblings, our relatives. We have to be balanced with whatever it is that we do to make a living and with the interests of our community. That's why we have civic entities that can represent us in our local communities. We have to balance our lives with moral and ethical precepts, which is why we have religions to help us function in that realm, to understand where we fall short in terms of morals and ethics and what happens to the great in, in terms of the greater meaning of life and, and the afterlife and all of those questions. And we and all of these things at, you know, apply in terms of living a balanced life. And the American system, the political American system, reflects those values in a way that, whether intended or not, were put in place at the time of the founding of this great republic. Anyway, those are my thoughts today. I'm, I'm not going to stay on much longer. I, I just want to mention that I've got interviews coming up this week. I am trying to expand the live stream to include more venues. And uh, while I am not by any means a tech kind of a guy, I, I want anyone who has any suggestions to send them to me in terms of how I can accomplish that in this era of censorship and in this era of cancellation, you can reach me through my web, through uh, an email, charlesmoskowitz at gmail.com, or you can go to my website, charlesmoskowitz.com, and reach me through that. Also, my book is now available on amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com, The Anti-Semitic Imagination, where I develop a lot of these themes. I'm looking forward to being interviewed for that, and upcoming interviews are, are now scheduled. I'll get into them as they happen. Tomorrow I'll be on, as I mentioned, with Michael Tessarian and David Whitehead from Unslaved. It's a great, great show. I mean, they, they, they have a great following. Uh, I just was on with Zev Brenner, um, which is kind of a pretty big mainstream show. That's available if you want to view that on YouTube. Just go to Charles Moskowitz and Zev Brenner at Talkline, and you'll come and it'll come up. 
and uh, check out my book. Anyway, I want to thank you all for joining me this afternoon. And uh, God willing, I shall return with more programming. God bless you all. God bless this great country of ours. God keep us safe. God bless the state of Israel. And uh, be well, everybody. Thank you for joining me.